Our help is in the name of the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. So, today's gospel, we find our disciples once again kind of not showing up in the best way, as if last week wasn't enough. If you recall, this gangly group of those closest to Jesus last week were arguing about who in their group was the best, who was the greatest. Which one of them was top? And if you recall, this argument happens right after Jesus opened up and shared from his heart about what was coming, about his impending death. Well, to counter these fickle and reckless thoughts about who was the greatest, Jesus scoops up a little one, a child, holds him in his arms and says, if you want to be great, be like this little one. And if you want first place, take last place. So the next scene in Mark, we are greeted by the disciples again. This time we learn quickly that they are irritated. And this time it concerns a healing. You see, there's lots of healings in Mark. But, you see, they weren't able to heal a person who needed it. So after arriving back home, the disciples, they cornered Jesus, and they asked him this one question. Jesus, why couldn't we throw this demon out? They were miffed. They were miffed that they couldn't do it. Jesus looks at them and simply replied, there is no way to get rid of this kind of demon except by prayer. I have no idea what that means, but it must have been a really scary demon. So today in our gospel, the disciples again Observe a random healer. So this particular healer is not a disciple. He's just a random person. But what he was doing was that he was healing in Jesus' name. And by healing in the name of Jesus, this healer, whoever he was, whoever she was, made a person well. And the disciples, instead of being grateful for this healing, with the thought, oh, well, perhaps God's kingdom was taking hold beyond us. Maybe others were beginning to participate in it. Oh, no. The disciples were not happy. They were not cheering. There was no joy. Instead, what did they do? They told this healer to stop. Stop it. I forbid you from doing any more healings or miracles. Suffice it to say, 
The disciples weren't happy about this healing at all. In fact, they stopped this man because he wasn't one of them. He wasn't in their group. He didn't bear the title of being a disciple. He wasn't part of the club. So all puffed up and proud of themselves, the disciples marched their way back to Jesus and they shared with him the audacity of this random healer and what he was doing. How dare he? Thinking Jesus would be proud of them, confident that they had done the right thing, they approached Jesus. And then Jesus, in only the way Jesus could do, surprised them because he wasn't proud of what they had done. Oh, contraire. He was not happy. In fact, they were shocked when Jesus responded, Don't stop him. He was doing something good in my name. Why in the world would you want to stop that? But Jesus, it wasn't us doing it. And he's not in our group. How can it be good if it wasn't one of us? Jesus, knowing full well, he has to get through to them. And so he says, it's a really good thing when people are healed from their diseases and ailments, y'all. And the cherry on top is when it's done in my name. Why, oh why, dear ones, can you not see this? Oh, you of little faith, my closest ones, need I remind you again. If he's not an enemy, he's an ally. Why? Anyone by just giving you a cup of water in my name is on our side. Count on it. God will see. I can see it now, Jesus shaking his head and thinking to himself, how will they ever learn? So Jesus does something extreme. He knows he has to go to extreme measures. So he turns to hyperbole. Maybe if I share another story that is so outrageous and so over the top, maybe, just maybe, they will finally see and understand what I mean. And so he does. Using exaggerations and extremes, Jesus endeavors to teach and share again with those closest to him. On the one hand, Jesus explains, if anyone offers a cup of cold water to a little one, their divine reward is assured. But on the other hand, Jesus explains, if we are to avoid punishment... We should cut off whatever body part causes our temptation. Just for a moment, notice how high the bar is when faith is centered in the avoidance of punishment and sin, in the pursuit of a perfect life without sin. 
This is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to cut off parts of your body, pluck out all of your eyes, and mutilate yourself. Jesus is essentially saying, if you want a perfect life, you will need to debilitate yourself completely. You will need to go through life so disfigured that you pretty much only exist. In other words, seeking perfection is going to cost you everything. Your body, your eyes, your legs, everything. So contrast that with a cup of cold water. When faith is centered in acts of generosity and not punishment, it just takes one cup of cold water for eternal reward. One cup to restore the soul. One cup where we're reminded that God reaches down, meets us exactly where we're at, and provides exactly what we need. It's not punishment. But what we need, a cup of cold water to revive our souls. And how many of us need just that, something to revive our souls, something to make us whole? Because this is what I have found when engaging in faith backed up by generosity. For when we've been revived by the cup of cold water, we can't help but want to offer it to someone else. We don't want to hold on to it. We want others to experience it. Again, it's faith based in generosity of abundance for everyone. Here's the key. Not just for a few select folks. Not just for the disciples. So Jesus goes to the trouble of presenting two options for the disciples. The way of punishment and the pursuit of perfection with its very, very high standards. Or the way of generosity and reward with easily attainable standards. A cup of cold water. You don't have to cut off legs and pluck out eyes. Just offer a cup of cold water. But it's your choice, he says. What's interesting to me, just like last week, it's of supreme importance that Jesus takes care of those whom he calls the little ones. The little ones, those with simple, childlike trust in him. Those are the ones he's speaking about. Those are the ones he wants to protect. Last week, this week, and as we continue in the book of Mark, we will see that no matter what the disciples might say or do, Jesus is always bringing, bringing us back to this. There isn't one group who is in or out. There isn't one who is better than, than another. 
over and over and over in the book of Mark, if you were to read it, you would see Jesus has come for everyone, every single person. And when something is done on behalf of another in his name, he sees it. He knows. Even if it's simply offering another a cup of cold water. especially if the offering is for those that no one else considers worthy of holding up. The children, the little ones, Jesus is always going to be on their side because he sees them, he loves them so much, he's always reminding us of them which truly is just a reminder of ourselves. We serve a God who wishes nothing more than to bless rather than punish. Thank God he doesn't expect perfection. But you know what he does expect? Faithfulness. That's all he wants. His love is generous and it's unending. Ours should be too. So I ask you this week, a very pointed question. Who might you give a cup of cold water to? Nobody comes to mind. Ask God to show you who and how do I do it? What you will find, it is a generous act. One with an eternal reward. Simply extending the kingdom of God to another person. And I'm here to remind everybody it's what we are called to do. So find a way to do it this week. And tell me about it. Will you? I'll be waiting. In the name of the one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen.